my gosh. Hey, everybody. We're back for a second week in a row of the New Scenes <laughs> Who even podcast. knew that was possible? I, I, didn't, I didn't know we could do two in a row. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. My name's Trevin McGee. I'm here with Trey Hawk, a friend of mine. We, we are at scenestealers.com, and we are here at the Alamo Draft House. Once again... Uh, Palace O'Film. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Cathedral. Oh, that's right. Because right. I have uh, deep-seated issues with Catholicism, and, you know, nice. I, I was raised yeah. that way. So you worship film, whereas I just have it as a monarchy. Exactly. Gotcha. No, I understand. We're going to talk about the Kansas City Film Fest. That's the theme of this week's episode. So we're going to talk about that a little bit at the beginning. We're Special guest Anthony Laddish will come to join us. He's he got will. a couple of he's films He's shown a couple here. of films, and he's involved in even more than, than that. Uh, so he's going to be here to talk about his two entries as well as what he's excited about for the for the festival. And then we're also going to have a drop-in from Chris Cubis yep. uh, from the Alamo Draft House. He does the movie interruptions here, incredibly funny. He's going to talk about what he's been up to and also what to expect from the Draft House this month. Awesome. But we should get started by talking about our one things. Sounds and good to me. I'm, I'm just going to do that first because I'm selfish. Like I said, this is a very... Uh, Casey Film Fest oriented podcast and so my one thing is dedicated to the animation block. Specifically I'm really excited to see the Ralph Bakshi films that they're going to have here and that starts on Thursday with Wizards and then goes on uh, Friday with Heavy Traffic and then Coonskin on Saturday and there is going to be a Skype Q&A with uh, Mr. Bakshi at some point that's going to be fantastic. If you don't know who Ralph Bakshi is he, he really revolutionized animation in the 70s and early 80s. Mm -hmm. um, rotoscoping was a big part of what he did, and that's where you basically film live action and then trace on top of it. Yep. He did He did that very to a very interesting effect with uh, Lord of the Rings. Yep. Wizards is like that. Fritz the Cat. Yeah. yeah. He's a very interesting animator and a very interesting dude, and I'm excited to see some of his family is going to be on hand here during the festival. I think his son will be here, mm -hmm. yeah. So. so that'll be interesting, too, to, to, to see, you know, his son has done a great job of, of keeping track of and archiving his work. And then also recently he just uncovered some deleted scenes from the original Lord of the Rings animation that he did. Just a couple of just deleted bits. They don't even have audio. But it's, it's a fascinating world to me. That kind of, that time in animation is very weird. It was kind of a precursor to the heavy metal days and, and things like that. So it's just an interesting period that I like. So the dates and times for those films again, Wednesday, or I'm sorry, Thursday is Wizards and at 6.30 p.m. Friday the 11th is Heavy Traffic at 10 p.m. And then Saturday, April 12th is Coonskin at 5 o'clock. And Coonskin really deserves to be mentioned because it's, a, it's, a, it's supposed to be a satire, uh, a race-based satire, um, but it has been considered just straight up racism. Yeah, it's a super edgy film. I actually I've kind never of seen applaud. It, yeah, so. I applaud Kansas City Film Festivals or Film Fest's uh, balls to show it. You applaud their balls. I applaud their balls. Um, and just props to Veronica, the uh, the new um, executive or the new president of the Kansas City Film Fest for, for getting it here. I, I just think it's really pretty amazing. And and sort of love it or hate it, it's a really important film, and I, I, I agree with you, Ralph Bakshi is, is absolutely an important animator. Um, he, he was one of the first guys to kind of take it seriously, mm -hmm. you know, because for a long time animation was traditionally thought of as... Walt Disney, yeah. in, in, in the United States especially. Kids and Family in, Fair. Kids and Family Fair, and so to take that and, and give it such an adult spin, especially 
during a very experimental time in, mm-hmm. in the country's history, you know, there's a special little place in history for him in doing that. Uh, the other animator that I'm very excited about is Bill Plimpton. Um, I've liked some of his his uh, work for some time now, and we've got two of his films, Cheatin', and then a, a collection uh, called Masterclass in Animation. Yeah. And uh, Cheatin' shows on April 11th, that's a Friday, at 7 o'clock, and then Masterclass in Animation is Saturday the 12th at 1 p.m. And Bill Plimpton will be here, and correct? Plimpton will be here, that's yeah. correct. And so that'll be very interesting, too. So, you know, again, it's, it's, it's great to see the fest expand like that and to bring in national talent and even international talent. There is a student animated block. There is a local animation block as well um, that you should check out. And I think, Trey, one of your students is actually... Yeah, former student. She's, she's a graduate of uh, the Kansas City Art Institute. Her name's Ann Mendenhall, and she did a, a really pretty amazing uh, little short called Bird and Fish. Uh, okay. If you get the chance to check out the shorts block, she's, she's in one of them. I can't remember if it's shorts block one or two, but it's, it's one of those. So. Right on. Awesome. Hey, I'm going to jump into my one things. Um, I'm going to stick with the Kansas City Film Fest. Sure. Um, and there are a ton of great films. I've actually seen a ton of uh, documentaries and one or two narratives. I've got a couple of friends who have shorts in the festivals. But I'm going to stick with me. Yeah. It's all about me all the time. Sure. I actually get the uh, the pleasure of hosting a couple of the Q&As with, with directors and animators uh, who are showing films here at the festival. So the first Q&A that I'm going to host is uh, with Stephen Frank. He's an animator who worked on The Iron Giant. Um, One of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah, he he worked on The Iron Giant. He worked on Nine. He's got a... uh, He's worked on a number of of feature films, uh, like notable feature films. But he has a a new uh, graphic novel out called Silver that he's going to be signing copies of uh, at the festival. And he'll be there to talk about... He was an animator on a new Smur, uh, animated Smurf feature film. So oh. he's actually going to be here. Uh, With to, NPH? Yeah. Oh uh, so so it's uh, uh, the Smurfs, the legend of Smurfy Hollow. So it should be pretty interesting. Um, I'm really excited to see his graphic novel and to, hear, to ask him questions about process and things like that. Yeah. Um, I always love the sort of behind the scene and the process questions uh, just to kind of uh, see where these people draw their inspiration and what motivates them. Uh, the other Q&A that I am hosting is with frequency uh, is, is with the film Frequencies. It was originally called OXV the Manual. And let me just so I get the uh, the the director is Darren Paul Fisher, okay. and he's going to be in town, and he's going to be hosting a Q or I'm going to be hosting the Q and A with him after his film. So you know that's one of the things that's so incredible about these film festivals is that it makes the artists available to you, yeah. so that you can ask questions about behind the scenes. How do you do this? How do you come up with these ideas? You know, what are, if you've got technical questions, What's your favorite you can, color? Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. Do you high five? Do you over under you, high five, or do you just? Are you a button fly or zipper man? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, boxers or briefs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you dress left? Oh. Yeah. See, that's the one. I mean, but that's. that's but I highbrow. It's important. It. I highbrow. Yeah, it, yeah. You, know, you ask so. with your pinky up. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. I think that you know. I think that covers the one thing. Yeah. Obviously, let's hit it. we're let's, a little. We're going to uh, talk to Chris Cubis next. So let's let's get to it.
All right, so here to talk about this this month's Alamo Drafthouse Films is Chris Kubis. How's it going, everybody? Hey, hey man, how are you doing? Good, good. All right, so we've got a full month here at the Alamo, and uh, we just kind of wanted to go over what's going on, what you're doing. You actually host the uh, movie interruption. You know, I, yes, that's that's my main gig. I, uh, we do that every... Well, we're off a couple weeks, but next one coming up is on the 26th. We're doing Hunger Games. Uh, basically, the show is a bunch of live bunch of comics sitting in the front row with microphones. We crack jokes over semi-ridiculous movies. We've done, we just did Roadhouse to give you an idea of oh, the perfect. quality of film we're talking about. Um, and you guys yeah, did that fun. for the the Oscars at the same time. Well, uh, we did that over at, at Screenland. At the Screenland, yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, me and Jason and a couple guys over there. It was fun. That and was fun. Didn't you have Bobcat Goldthwait with we you? We had Bobcat Goldthwait a couple weeks back. He did Jurassic Park with us. <laughs> nice. That was super fun. We had uh, Eric Griffin from Workaholics. He came by and did... Uh, the last Twilight movie with us, oh, which is hilarious because he turned out to be like a giant Twilight fan, which is completely unbeknownst <laughs> to me. Perfect. He was just a big fan of that So did franchise. he have difficulty make, making fun of it? No, he just knew I could ask him all the questions because like I've never, I'm a 36-year-old man, I haven't seen a lot of the Twilight movies. <laughs> uh, he'd seen all of, knew all the details, read the books, so when I was confused by oh like, God. I can't tell these pretty white kids apart from, like so he he's just, read the book he knew he all the, the all the facts he well, knew everything so i mean was, trey read the books but he had to review the movies yeah i'm a stickler for research <laughs> yeah. yeah you know <laughs> it was a big deal so what are some of the big ones we've got this month uh, uh what's coming up well we've got cheap thrills right now which is awesome um i don't know if you guys have anybody seen i've seen the trailer i haven't been to uh, the film you gotta see it it's um I have a pretty high threshold for uncomfortableness. Like, not that it's super gory, because I think people get the wrong idea. It's not the yeah. goriest film. Right. But there are moments where, like, there was a moment where, it, like, literally, like, it's if, like, my drink was shaking because everybody was stomping their feet in uncomfortableness. Oh. Like, I can't take it. Like, wow. It's rough. It's not rough. It's hilarious. Yeah. And it's beautifully made, but it's definitely, like, not for everyone. It right. seems like a film that could really get into your head because it seems like kind of the the worst game of would you rather you ever oh, get yeah. into. I mean, that's basically yeah. it. And and David Koechner in a very different role. He's normally like, I mean, he's definitely funny, but there's a much darker yeah, edge to his character. This than, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's really interesting to watch. So that's a lot of fun. Is, is uh, there is there your, there a particularly good moment that wouldn't spoil the film? No, that's the problem. There's a, a bunch of really good moments. They would all spoil the film. Wow! I, you you kind of need to just go in. The trailer is just enough for you to know what the like premise of the movie is, but just take the ride. Yeah, because it, it, it's, so, is, it's so it's yeah. so brilliantly paced and like the the like the the. It, it escalates like so perfectly that it's like nice. by the end you're really like it's just really well done. And the whole premise is a guy basically has a bag full of cash and he's hanging out with his friends or or guys Strangers. he meets. Strangers. He meets yeah. a couple guys, yeah, yeah. guys he meets. And, it's it's and he and his wife's anniversary like, and yeah. right. Anniversary. He meets these two. He meets Ethan Embry and Pat Healy at this bar. They're both having like down on their luck. Pat Healy's about to get evicted. Him and his wife he just lost his job. And he starts making these little bets, like, hey, I'll give you 50 bucks whoever drinks this shot first, and somebody drinks it. Right? Give 200 bucks whoever slaps that stripper's butt or whatever. Like. Right. And it goes from there, and it, but then, like, it goes in places you have no right. idea it's going to go. Yeah, it gets really good. So at the point when you get to, like, $10,000, it's a good time? Oh, man. Like, <laughs> and they, the money goes up relatively quickly, but once they, because, I mean, the numbers get really big right. by one point, and the things become 
like way it, out. It gets there, bad. So. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a horrible night that is really fun to watch. <laughs> awesome. So we've got that going on right now. Yeah, that's playing this week. Um, obviously, Captain America just came out, which was yep. super fun. Um, I really enjoyed that. I did, too. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It was, like, exactly what that movie needed to be uh-huh. to be, like. The first one was kind of hokey, which is mm-hmm. it's the, the story it's going to be. You know what I mean? Sure. The Red Skull and blah, blah, blah. kind of leads for that. Right. But to, like, take it into that post-Avengers sort of time period... They stepped it up. I really enjoyed it. Um, yep. So that was super fun. But then we've got the uh, Indiana Jones uh, Temple of Doom dinner party, which is going to be super fun. Yeah. Uh, is that like, this week? That is next week. I want to say Tuesday of okay. next week. Um, yeah. But you can find us at com. Check all the times. Chilled Thanks, monkey so. brains and everything? Uh, we've got a mug. <laughs> we have a thing of, like, you know, the dessert is chilled monkey brains-esque. Uh, basically, if you haven't been to a feast at the draft house, you go watch the movie, but then you get... Uh, like a four course meal served to you in the theater. It's super fun, and that's a great one to do. It's like all Indian food and stuff. I really went to good. the yeah. Princess Bride one. It was amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really great. God, the Goodfellas one was really good. There's been a couple of really good ones. Uh, I think we're gonna do one again when that uh, Favreau movie comes out this summer. Chef. Oh, oh right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I think we'll do one with that yeah. as well. I keep on telling Ryan, uh, and for those who don't know, Ryan Davis, the creative director here at Alamo. Uh, KC, I keep on telling him he needs to do one for either uh, Sallow <laughs> <laughs> or uh, do uh, or Pink Flamingos. Thief. Yeah, or, or Cook the Thief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah by yeah, the end yeah. of it, everybody has chocolate mousse all over their face. <laughs> I think that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, I, for one, yeah. I, I, I hope they don't do that. I don't want that to happen. Trevor, yeah, we're just not going to tell. We're going to do that for your birthday, Trevor. Yeah, 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 it'll be a yeah. surprise. <laughs> do, uh, what's that, Vincent Price? Theater of Blood is a oh, theater of no. blood where they feed the kid his do- the guy's dog. It's like uh, Tides and Tronicus. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, hey, there's the raid double feature. Raid double feature mention. this week Thursday. Yeah. How did I not forget that? How did I not remember to mention that? Uh, Thursday, I think it's ten o'clock. We do the first raid and then raid two. I already have my ticket, so, so you're I don't know going what you guys to like two a.m. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's good. I think the I think the second one gets out at like two. 30 maybe? Oh my gosh. Uh, it's going to be fun. That's, that's well worth of, it. That's a lot of brutality. That's a lot, lot of, a lot of bone breaking. A lot of bone breaking. I'm excited. I don't know. I love that first one so yeah. much. And yeah. it looks like they took that and like threw a budget at it and let them just go crazy. Yeah, they, can't wait. They cut a shootout out of the second one and just put it up for people to see. <laughs> and it's like the most violent thing I've seen all oh, year. Oh, that's awesome. Just like I haven't even seen that. I can't. Grenades. And <laughs> it, it goes from bad to worse yeah, yeah, yeah. real fast. I'm like, they cut that part? What did they leave in? Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. No, I'm excited on. for that. That's going to be really good. Uh, uh, and Casey Film Fest is here this week. And, yeah, of course. Uh, so that's, you know, we got a lot of stuff coming to that. Middle yeah. of Map Fest Film Fest is next week. So yeah, yeah, we'll be talking to Anthony Laddish later about uh, Casey Film Fest, and then next week we'll be talking to Nathan. Yeah, oh. Nathan from uh, Middle of the Map Fest, too, Very so cool. we've got that covered. Yeah. Um, what are some other things? I know um, I know one thing at the very end of the month that I'm super excited for. Uh, which one? Is the Queen quote sing-along? No, it's the Purple Rain. Oh, Purple Rain sing-along is going to be great. Yes. Yeah. A, friend, uh, a friend of mine and I uh, love that movie, and he's going to be in town for a wedding. Oh, perfect. And so I'm literally picking him up from the airport, and we're hmm. coming straight to Purple Rain. Nice. You get, yeah. uh, I'm trying to remember because I just ordered the, the props, a little sneak preview you get. Yeah. Tambourines. Um, oh trying to remember what all else you get. There's a lot of glow sticks, Blue lots computers. of purple stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Gotta That's gonna that, be super fun. You gotta get your hand gestures down. Too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. I already got yeah. them down. Yeah. I <laughs> would don't worry. Die for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 gotta get it. Yeah. 
good good work doing visual yeah, yeah. bits no, on the podcast. I've been working on that uh, for, yeah. for, for, since yeah. middle school. Yeah, since yeah, middle yeah. school, since Prince was on Apple. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we got actually we got that this month. We've got the Queen sing along this month. That'll be really fun. Oh, there's another uh, Alamo 100 this month. There's 10 Things I Hate About You. So nice. we'll get right. some buttons yeah. for that. Nice. That'll be fun. Yeah, there's some good stuff coming. Uh, we just did Buckaroo Bonsai, but Nightmare on Elm Street is still coming up because it's a class of 84. How did Buckaroo Bonsai do? Because that's one of my favorites. Uh, yeah. a, a medium but super into it audience. Yeah. I yeah. want to say it's like half full, want. but they like, were 100% prepared. That, to me, that it's movie like has one of my... Yeah, yeah, you don't want any posers. You don't want any bullshit yeah, 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 yeah. with that. You you know, I don't want your posers. Buckaroo Bonsai poser. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is a poser-free zone. <laughs> Buckaroo Bonsai wannabes. That movie has just one of my favorite throwaway credit sequences where they're just walking. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that so much, and it's like... But that kind of gets the tone of it's the whole such thing. A, it's yeah, such yeah. a dumb pickup yeah. thing that they clearly they just had, like, hey, I got like I got like an extra two... Three feet of film stock. Do we have time? Yeah, to, yeah, do we have time yeah. to shoot this? Or like, I can't return it. So what yeah. should we do? All right, let's just. I want to live in get an everybody walking. reality where there is such a thing as like bonsai con. But super buckaroo bonsai nerds. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They they hint, you know, that buckaroo bonsai will return, return. the credits. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want to live in a universe where they where there actually is a series. where that actually like, happened. Yeah, 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 series. It became the new James Bond, and they made like fifty of them. Yeah, it's like Doctor Who. Who's yeah. going to be the next yeah. Buckaroo Panza? Right. He, he right. aged out, and so they had to get a new guy. But they just Tim, don't mention it. They got Tim Blake Shelton to replace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. one shitty one where they tried to go like way too mainstream yeah. and like yeah. Zach Efron's in it and they're like yeah. no we can't no, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, nobody watched it people yeah, no it's like the Highlander it. 2 yeah. people are like no it's not even the, really part the, of the, the broccoli yeah, yeah. yeah the broccoli you know family that owns the rights like we'll never make another movie like that that was a huge mistake and we'll win back all the fans yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot of references in the next movie shitting yeah. on the one before yeah, yeah. that's where I want to live so, Chris, what are you up to? Uh, also, outside of Alamo, are you traveling, uh, you touring, yeah, I'm doing in, some stuff? I'm in Austin, not next week, but the week after, for the Moon Tower Comedy Festival, which is going to be super big. Like, headliners are crazy. There's Kids in the Hall, and Aziz Ansari, and uh, Hannibal Burris, and just, yeah, giant just, names. But then, like... You know, you've so got there'll be lots Chelsea of Freddy. selfies with these people of you. Uh, we'll be other see people. Them all over <laughs> <the> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'll be all over the internet. Uh, and then I'm in like Madison, Wisconsin, the week after that with Jackie Cation, who's hilarious. Great nice. podcast. She has uh, Dork Forest, which is really good. So yeah, I'm I'm in and out. <laughs> I'm gone all over the place. Awesome. Cheers, you guys. Cool, man. Well, hey, well, very cool. Thanks, thanks a lot for stopping on, by. Man. Yeah, and no thanks worries, for letting man. us know what's going on Let's in the Alamo. This. And yeah, it's always good to hear from you. Definitely anytime, guys. Cheers. Thanks for sticking around. Um, our guest today is a good friend of mine and a local Kansas City filmmaker, actually an international filmmaker because he's getting mad props from everywhere these days, um, Tony Laddish. Are you going by Anthony today? Uh, let's go for Anthony. It's, okay. It's so yeah. much more pretentious. Yeah. Than- 
I've actually tried to go by Anthony several times in my life, and it, like within moments, it always just switches back to Tony. To Tony. Yeah. Well, you, know, like, you, try, you do what you can. Yeah. So from here on out, if anybody calls Anthony, Tony, they have to answer to me. Right. Just right in the kisser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got you on uh, this week because Kansas City Film Festival is coming up, and I just found out today, I knew that you had one film in the Film Fest, but you told me today that I was a terrible friend because I didn't know that you actually have two films. Dose. Yeah. Yeah, two films. King of the Fest. Well, no, no. I think Patrick Ray probably takes the cake on that one, or Chris Bilsma. I think Bilsma's got. Yeah, but Patrick Ray's been doing this for years. Like, I, you know, I'm sorry. At some point, those guys. Yeah, so at some point, the crown guy has to give. I love you. (laughs) I love you, Patrick Ray. I love you too. (laughs) What are your films? The first film is called The Icarus One, and it was originally part of the Withered World web series, uh, which is uh, itself being seen at the film festival and then the Icarus one is playing on its own in the Heartland uh, shorts um, the Heartland shorts category, uh, category. Yeah. Yeah. and then uh, the other film is a documentary that's a short as well called The Secret Story of Toys nice do you know what the is it? There's there a documentary shorts block <clears throat> yeah it's a well it's a the it's, it's actually not in a documentary block it's in a block called Casey Stories and um the they're both on Thursday night. One, um, the the Heartland Shorts is at six, and the document or the Casey Stories is at eight. Mm-hmm. So, awesome, yeah, on Thursday. Well, I know that Trevin and I have both seen the Icarus one, um, and then I have seen the Toymaker documentary. Yeah, the Secret Story Toys. Yeah, yeah. And that, and was, that was on KCPT, right? Uh, it re- yeah, point. I made it. Um, I had a really kind of a sweet uh, relationship with those guys because I, I could. Um, just kind of pitch them stories from time sure. to time, and so uh, this was a story that I've a documentary that I've want, been wanting to make, and so uh, it aired on KCPT, and then I instantaneously like put it on Vimeo, sure. and it got it was really cool because it kind of went through the roof like really right. quickly, and and um, uh, was named a Vimeo staff pick, and then it's gotten like two hundred thousand views or something ridiculous and so even still like every week it's like four or five hundred views and yeah. it's just nuts and like I, I never really look at the metrics like the Vimeo metrics like you know look at the, the map and see where it's pl- and it's like Uzbekistan you know like five thousand people have watched the movie and it's just like <laughs> what the hell you know <laughs> anyway it's been very it's been really cool and yep. and um written about and laughing squid and, and devour and I think it was even on the um, blog for um the guys that do the uh, Mythbusters, Mythbusters, Mythbusters. That. nice. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense because uh, Adam Savage is a big like collector. Toy. Oh, right on. Yeah. yeah so it was on their sense. blog, and, yeah. and and so it's cool. So you know, really, and, the, and you know, that's a local story too. I mean, you shot it here. Yep. All local people. It's just one of those kind of cool stories uh, that kind of originated in Kansas City that a lot of people don't really think about, and yeah. it's such a unique kind of like niche. You know, you, you don't think a lot about. You know, somebody makes them, but you don't know really right. who or where they came from. So that's a really kind of cool angle to take, you know. That's it's funny because like that's I think that p- is kind of a point in the in the film is yeah. is you know that I'm sure people just always assume that you know toys are kind of computer generated mm-hmm. 3D models at this point, but they're still being made by hand, and a lot of them are being made here in Kansas City, like from start to finish. Sculptors are here, the prototypers here. And then they go to China and they get mass produced, you know, yeah. Yeah. into stuff that you're going to see on the toy shelves. So it's great. 
it's just really it, it really is an amazing documentary and it's uh it looks great and the story is just really fascinating and these these three people it's just kind of amazing to see three artists who are in love with what they do um it's it's just a really great little story Thanks, man. What, what did you shoot that on? Uh, t- the Canon C300. Okay. Because um, it carries right. It looked great. It looked oh, absolutely thanks. great. Yeah. Uh, Canon C300, and then uh, on the interviews, I shot two cameras, and the second camera uh, was a uh, Canon 5D Mark III. Yeah. Cool. And, so, and they matched up really well, and, and that's kind of been my, my rig for the past year, yeah. um, is shooting those two cameras next to each other, and I figured out kind of how to match them up. And so, yeah, it's cool. Awesome. That's cool. Do you know what day that's playing? Both of them are on Thursday. Thursday. Okay, yeah. both on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, one at six and one at eight. Cool. So yeah, that's all. Tell tell us a little bit more about Icarus One. I mean, that's that's definitely kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. You've got you know a real real story documentary um, originated in Kansas City. This originated was filmed and and, and shot in Kansas City, but was uh, you know it's more of a fictional piece. You know? Well, I love both uh, documentary and narrative storytelling for different reasons. Obviously. Um, and for me, uh, Icarus One is, you know, it's funny because it was, um, it, like I said, it was originally part of, it's, it's meant to kind of play alongside the other films in the Withered World web series. And so the premise of that web series is that it's the last day on Earth mm-hmm. and uh, everyone knows it's the last day on Earth. And so um, Bryce Young, who's the uh, producer um, and creator of the web series, um, you know, tapped... 10 or so filmmakers and said you know you envision what that last day on earth would look like different characters different whatever and you know it's kind of yours to do whatever you want and I had had a couple of different ideas and this one uh, really stood out to me as though is you know is something that that kind of made sense to me and kind of resonated with my experience kind of as a, as a child with imagination and yeah. and um so the story is basically about this little boy who, um, on his last day on Earth, he builds a rocket ship to yeah. escape. Um, but I very purposefully wrote it so that it could play on its own. So it doesn't have to be in the context of the web series. You can, you know, you can watch it on its own, and it it kind of just feels complete. Mm-hmm. And so, without the context of the web series, you know, the kid's escaping just a really shitty life. Right. And 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 uh, hopefully it comes out. I don't know if, you know, I mean, I'm not qualified to necessarily, uh, you know, love the smell of my own farts. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. You know, I mean, hopefully it plays, you know, it plays as its own, its own, you know, complete thing without the web series. And, and uh, it was certainly fun to make. And Well, yeah. I, you know, it's funny because I got to see it when it was still, I think you were still working on sound design. I think you mm-hmm. had the picture cut yeah. done. Um, but you were working on some of the, the sort of final sound elements and things like that. Um, I've always thought this was one of your best pieces. Um, uh, and and you and I have worked together multiple times. Um, I just think the way this story is told, that it's so hyper-visual, um, that it really is just driven by this the performance and this almost silent performance of this young boy, this, this actor... Um, and he's incredible, by the way. Oh, thanks. Um, Ian Todd. Yeah. Um, my friend Greg Todd, who um, is actually one of the uh, main people on The Rock's morning show, The Johnny Dare Show. And uh, Greg does all the kind of like parody songs, and he's like one of the comic comics on the show. And um, 
uh, Ian is his son, and, and he wasn't even really an actor. He was just, you know, we had a couple of, like, kids from Exposure talent agency that we were going to see, and we had, and I've just put it out on Facebook, like, hey, I'm casting for a, you know, 10-year-old kid, and, you know. I you, showed up, and he didn't want me. <laughs> said, well, That's you know. True. I mean, you're smooth, but, yeah. you know. Um, I totally could have done. <laughs> you could have pulled off 10. Um, the, uh, and Ian was the first kid that, that um, auditioned. And, it's, and you're right. There's no di- I mean, there's almost no dialogue in the entire film. And, uh, and Which, you know, is kind of my thing, apparently. <laughs> I just make movies with no dialogue <laughs> at all. It's just a bunch of people looking at each other. Right. Um, and uh, so how do you audition a 10-year-old kid with no dialogue? Yeah. Who's not an actor, you know? So I bought a, a set of Legos. Um, it was like a, a Star Wars, you know, like land speeder thing. Yeah. And, um, and I just took them apart and I put it all on the table. And we set up a camera and I just said, Ian, put together those Legos. And he just started putting things together. And he had, we'd get these inquisitive looks on his face as he was trying to put them together. And he would mumble to himself, like, how oh, if I put this piece here and <laughs> and he like had these like deep sighs, and yeah. you know, and his eyes were amazing, and he just was really expressive, very naturally expressive. And then, uh, you know, I then I gave him a, a little, I actually gave him a little set of tools and, I, and an old Super 8 camera, and I'm like, take this camera apart, and just because I wanted to see him work with tools. And so he like got into it, and he was like trying to take the thing apart, and and that was it. And then there was a scream, like because the kids got, you know, there's a moment in the, right. in the film where, you know, they um, he has to. You know, kind of have this emotion, and uh, and all of it, he just nailed it. He just did so so great, and and he, like I said, he was the first person that we you know that we auditioned, and yeah. you know we saw another probably five or six kids, and and went back and we're looking at you know I knew instantaneously though yeah. it's like we every time we saw another kid I'm like, I mean he was pretty good, but like he wasn't as good as that first kid. He wasn't as good as the first kid, and yeah. um, I'm so glad, and I just I love working with you know with people who aren't actors anyway, and and. Um, and Ian was just so natural. And well, I, th- I think it was a smart choice to just cast a kid and let him be a kid. Yeah. You know, yeah. just well, let and him so do this thing. So this is the funny thing. So you know, we had some kind of like getting to know you, hanging out, like let's go get pizza, and you know, like so. Greg and and uh, and, and uh, Ian and his mom, and, you know, we would go get some pizza and talk and, and whatever. And and at the time, I had tried to start watching Doctor Who. Uh, and and I wasn't really getting it. Like yeah. I, I mean, I I wasn't getting it. But Ian loved Doctor Who. Like, loves Doctor Who. And so we were kind of in this conversation. And then when we actually we made the film, and I still hadn't really like watched a ton of Doctor Who. And then after we made the movie, then I was like, you know, I'm gonna give this another shot. And I watched all of, like all of it. Right. And by the time I got to the end of it, I was like, oh my god, Ian was he was being Doctor Who. Yeah. yeah. Like, in, you know, like he was being, and, and I was like, man, I wish I would have known. Because <laughs> yeah. it would have, you know, like he was easy to direct. I mean, he was so easy to direct. But it would have been like cutting butter with a hot knife. Like, sure. you know, like talking to him, just using like whoism kind of things. And, of course. Right. And, uh, but man, like that it was so funny because it was like, now that I, when I watch the movie, I'm like, oh my God. He's like yeah. got that frantic. And my one of my favorite mo- moments in the whole movie just came from him. Like, <clears throat> he gets in this rocket ship. I'm not, you know, spoiler. Uh, Spoiler, there's a rocket ship. There's a rocket ship, ship and this kid gets in the rocket ship, (laughs) and he's turning these knobs. And so we've done a bunch of tapes. The end of the day, the end of the shoot, like, for whatever dumb reason, I decided to leave, like, the kid's most emotional stuff for the end of the last day. And so Ian's in the rocket ship. He's got his spacesuit on and the whole thing. 
and uh, and he and we've done a few takes, and, and we're gonna get another angle. And and, and he says, uh, "Hey, Tony, um, you know, I, I've been thinking about it, and, and what if I reach over and I I go for this knob and it breaks off? That'd be that'd be funny." And I'm like, "Let's do it." <laughs> yeah. I'm like, "That's awesome." And so, you know, it's in the movie. It's one of my favorite moments in the whole movie because he breaks off this knob and he's like. And he throws it in the air, and he's like got this frustrated look on his face. He just thought it was going to be really funny, and it kind of like when you know that it kind of plays as funny. But if you don't know that he was trying to be funny, it just kind of plays as this really genuine frustration. Yeah, just kind of earnest. You yeah, know? and and um, God, what a he's the best man. Where did the inspiration for the story come from? Uh, two two things. Um, uh, Time Bandits for sure. Like was like one of my favorite movies growing up. Terry Gilliam. Yeah. Like I still have to watch it like once a year, and um. Uh, there's an element of time bandits where it's like you're not sure if it's imaginary or if it's real and yeah. you know you get to the end of the movie and and all these things have happened to him and if you really pay attention to the movie every single thing that that kid goes through there are clues about those scenes and those things in his bedroom so there are french revolution soldiers on his floor there are legos um there's a a book about the tit- or, or there's a book about ancient Mesopotamia. There's a poster of the Titanic. Yep. And like all of the things that happened to the kid are all in his bedroom. So it's like you just think, oh, this is really clever. This is all in his imagination. He's trying to escape these shitty parents and this like horrible life. And um, and then at the end of the film, there's this moment where he reaches into his bag and he pulls out these Polaroids and it's you know Polaroids he took in ancient Mesopotamia. Of, sure. Yeah. You know, and you're like, whoa, wait a second, was it real or was it not real? And and you know, I purposely wrote this film. Um, like I know for me whether or not the kid goes into outer space or doesn't or doesn't and I'm not going to tell you right you know what I mean like right. it's absolutely up to you it's like that yeah. Bob Dylan thing where it's like I wrote the song it's your job to interpret it yeah. and um uh and uh, people I've heard I've like I just sat back and watched conversations on Facebook about the film where people were you know going through and they're like no no, no totally it's like he totally went into outer space and this is why and they have these like really elaborate reasons like no no it's all in his imagination and this is why and they're really amazing intricate sure. you know intellectual conversations about it. and it's like blows me away that people well, but that, and that and that's the point I right. mean that's what's so great about it I mean it's 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 funny that you mentioned Time Band it's one of my favorite films of all time too uh, and I remember watching it as a kid, and that's one of the first films that I had to engage with in a way where it doesn't answer those questions. Right. right. You know, it, yeah. it is both, and that's the point of the mm-hmm. film. And you can argue it either way. You can argue it that it's just this kid with a totally active imagination, or he actually met these sort of magical dwarfs, and they went through. Anyway, that that you know, it's all it's that he actually went through time, and it was this amazing right. adventure. Um, and I think that's that's one of the things uh, you know you you uh, you'll occasionally uh, I don't want to say bring scripts to me, but you'll you and I will talk mm-hmm. as as things are are involved or as things are are becoming more and more uh, developed. And I think that was one of the things that you were you were always about from the get go is that it kind of has to be both, right? Um, right. And uh, and the you know the film is really from this kid's point of view, and to the point where I, I don't want anything to happen outside of his experience uh, because I think that makes it more ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, the other inspiration for the for the film was a song by Guy Clark called "The Cape" uh, about a guy who starts out as a little kid and he's eight years mm-hmm. old and he's got a, a flower sack tied around his neck as a cape and he climbs up on the garage and um as a little kid he you know he thinks he can fly or whatever he wants to pretend like he's superman and um the 
the chorus is he's one of those that knows that life is just a leap of faith. Close your eyes, hold your breath, and always trust your cape or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then the middle verse is that he's a middle-aged man and he's got all these hopes and dreams tied all around his neck. And then the last verse is that he's an old man and he's got the flower sack cape tied around his neck again as a, like a, an 80-year-old man and he climbs up on the garage. Head, he's headed for the ground. You know what I mean? In the, the last line is he didn't know he couldn't fly and so he did. Yeah. And so that, you know, those two things, like, and there was actually in the script the entire time, every like up until the shooting script, um, the a, a quote from that song was going to open the film. And um, and I didn't end up doing that, but uh, but that was how inspirational that, you know, that song was to me about the film. Yeah. What are you excited about seeing at the Kansas City Film Festival? I think, you know, it's funny, like, um, I'm really proud of uh, Icarus 1, and uh, but I'm also really humbled to be a part of uh, the film festival this year alongside some incredible, uh, you know, filmmakers that are, you know, kind of my brothers in arms and they're all people that I'm really good friends with and, and, uh, but people that I really admire and, and Bruce Brannett, um, and, uh, Patrick Ray and Josh Fry and all these guys, you know, have got films in the film festival that are just amazing. Todd Norris has got a new film that's in the film festival and, it's just it's just amazing to like look at the talent you know that's going to be on screen. So there's a lot of great local stuff. Um, there's what's the one about the New York Times? Oh, uh, Fragile Trust. Fragile Trust. Yeah. I want to see that. There's a movie called Forty Five that I want to see. That's a narrative. Uh, Ping Pong Summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of have on my list. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, uh, I haven't seen Tim DePape's, uh horror movie yet, but I'm really excited to see that. So I'm going to go see that late night block uh, for sure on Thursday night and. Um, there's some cool stuff in that block too and and there's just man i just i mean I, i'm drawn like i don't want to you know start naming names and forget people but sure. there's also uh there's some other films that i had uh, that i either edited or shot or you know whatever that are in the withered world thing and and can't say enough about bryce uh who put that together and i mean he kind of you know threw a hail mary and 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 nailed it you yeah. know just pulled it off and uh, i'm super proud of him for for getting Withered World done and, and pulling it off, and um, so yeah, so uh, that's kind of that's kind of my schedule. Yeah, this year, I mean, you've you've kind of been in the game for a while and been around and been kicked around with the Kansas City Film Fest kids uh, in the past. Um, had one was it last year or two years ago? Two sisters, one two years ago. Two years yeah, ago. Two years ago. Okay, um, but. Uh, this this year just seems out of control. It seems yeah. there's a new festival solid. president. Uh, Veronica yeah. Elliott uh, is the new uh, festival president, and she's really making some amazing changes. And I think that um, she's laying the groundwork for the festival to really kind of have a new life, which I think is uh, very needed and really great. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, kudos to her for that. Yeah, I, I've been impressed by by both the quality of the independent filmmakers, uh, the Kansas City filmmakers' work this year, um, it's just seemed utterly consistent um, and very, very good. Um, and the the national films that they've landed this year have just been really pretty impressive. I've yeah, I know she went out. Them. I know she really went out of her way trying to, to trying to program the national stuff. You know, really trying to get movies that were going to yeah. be a good draw and really. Um, just be solid choices. So, yeah. yeah. Again, it's pretty impressive that they they've gotten these pretty big name animators to to participate in the film. That's fantastic. Um, 
and then the uh, the the only other film that that I have have seen that I'm like, man, that's really worth a, worth a mention, is uh, this documentary called Slingshot, which is about the inventor uh, Dean Kamen, who you and I were chatting about this before the podcast, that. Uh, Dean Kamen invented the portable insulin pump, he invented the Segway, he invented this portable dialysis machine. His newest invention and and his sort of his sort of cultural charge is to basically get clean water to people in parts of the world that need clean water. And so he's basically made, it's not portable, but it's basically an air conditioner-sized uh, distillation device. And you can drop one tube into any water source, no matter how contaminated, and out the other side will come medical-grade distilled water. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's really just incredible. And, and he's just a fascinating, fascinating character. He's quirky, he's idiosyncratic, um, he is brilliant and driven, um, so he is a pretty interesting person. When is that shown? Um, that one, I think it shows on Thursday and Sunday. Okay. So it it has two sh- two showing. By the way, I would just like to just go on record as saying that I'm I'm really proud of myself for not cussing this time, as much. Uh, good. As yeah. much. I, I I thought maybe well, like since we started the quarter jar. Right. Yeah, it's right. really it been working out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So next time you guys have me on, I might just unleash. You okay. can totally go yeah. for is it, it. It's going to a charity, though, right? Yeah, yeah. You're just going to drop a charity it. Yeah. And like, yeah, so that's good. So I'm just going to just be like, yeah. it's going to be like George Carlin. Yeah, it's the yeah. Trayhawk Lunchtime Charity. <laughs> right. So yeah, I, really exactly. appreciate, I really appreciate awesome. it. <laughs> Tony, where can people go to see your stuff? They uh, MileDeepFilms.com. Uh, is the that's the one stop shop, and then if you click on any of the the films embedded there, you can go straight to my Vimeo, and and so if there's you know there's a lot a lot of stuff that's not on the website. So so if you go to kcfilmfest.org and then look up either the Icarus one or Secret I, Story of Secret Toys. Stories of Toys, um, then you can click on the you, link to your mild page. yeah probably so cool yeah, yeah. Awesome. all right cool. So, yeah. Thanks, thanks, lot, thanks for yeah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. No All problem. right. Take care. All right. Well, that's it for this week. So once again, go to the Kansas City Film Fest. It starts today. All right. If you're listening to this, stop, go, buy your tickets, and and enjoy a weekend, a long weekend, a weekend of Kansas City Film. Um, I'm Trevor McGee with Trey Hawk. Thanks again to Tony Laddish for coming by. Mr. Anthony Laddish. Apologies. Yes. Yeah. Anthony Laddish. Yeah. Sir um, Anthony Laddish. Sir Anthony Laddish. <laughs> uh, Chris Cubis for coming up and telling us what's going on with the Alamo Draft House. Uh, go see his comedy when you get the chance. He's fantastic. The uh, movie interruptions are great. You really owe it to and yourself. And they almost to always one. sell out. They almost so, always sell yeah. out. They're totally worth it. So, so do that. Uh, very special thanks to Ryan Davis for letting us use the Alamo Draft House space the Alamo Draft House in general. And a big shout-out to my friend Joe Carey, who just found out that he's getting to go to Cannes. Yeah, yeah. We have to shout it out so that we don't punch him in the face next time we see it. I have to shout it out because <laughs> that's the only way he'll be able to hear me from the south of France. His cell phone doesn't get service. Congratulations. Congratulations.